hey, good evening, everybody. Thanks for coming out in the rain and the cold and the truly fall-like weather that we're fall-like weather. Or as some of you on the panel might say, deer Deer hunting season, yes, right. It's synonymous. Yeah, I don't I know. Um, so we're continuing for those of you that have been here in um, yeah, yeah, that was low. That was a little low. Um, Romans, we're in the book of Romans for those of you that have been following along with us and we're taking a verse by verse um, approach through chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with us. Um, We've gone through 1, 2, and 3, and tonight we're going to be discussing verses 4 and 5. So that's Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. All right. So we have Paul's urging uh, by the mercies of God that we present our bodies a living sacrifice because the Lord has already given a, if you will, a dying sacrifice uh, to prove what is that acceptable uh, service to God. And then he gives us a challenge in verse 2. So do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we all agreed that that involved scripture, obviously, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say through the grace given to me. So, so now he's, 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 he's basically made his plea. And now he's transitioning into why and how and, if you will, the what of uh, the sacrifice. Uh, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And in my humble opinion, you can uh, wrap that up with humility. So now four and five. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. He's, he's still not where he's going, but he's dangerously close. So before he gives you the dun-dun-dun, which is the spiritual gifts... He's he, looking for that button app. That's there you go. That's play. the button app. Would have worked on that. Dun, or the, what would you call it? Special effects My app. My special effects app that cussed at us earlier. That cussed so. at us earlier. Sorry. All right. Yeah, that's the one. Now, that's a very, that's a very vivid illustration here, okay? So, Tara cussing through her app affected all of us. I, it did. It did. It I'm affected the, all of us. Clearly the weakest link my in this face body. blushed. I thought, <gasps> you know, and I, right I did a Tony Kingston thing, you know. Every was, time you I say said, dang. Look, I've got this new app. It has buttons. And I push one and it just Don't cussed. I mean, not even right two out. minutes ago. That was embarrassing. Oh, um, uh, the, the, the story, the, the, this is the Hall of Fame story with the reeds. Jeff Reed was about six years old, and they had a, an evangelist over. And he, so he came. He always wore long sleeve shirts. Well, this particular day, he wore a short sleeve shirt to their little, their little countertop breakfast area. He had a tattoo on. And it just rocked little Jeff Reed's world. Jeff is almost 30 now. And so when he walked away to go back to his room, Jeff looked at his mom and says, I bet he drinks beer, too. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, Sorry. We, yeah, no, no, it's all good. We because Are you saying that Tara drinks beer? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. What, what is Gross. the point of that? The point of that is, is that an, the action of one person affected another. All right. So verse 4, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have 
the same function, okay? So that same function, he's leaning up again to the spiritual gifts. Y'all talk to me. He uh, addresses, uh, it's also addressed in 1 Corinthians 12, as well as Ephesians 4, uh, verse 16 in Ephesians, and then 12 is 12 through 14. But I took it when I was looking at it just as the fact that we can often want to compare ourselves to other people. So most often... um, a congregation member or what we would call a lay person that compares himself to the to the pastor I'm not a spiritual or we want to compare ourselves to other people uh, some people were made for certain things and it's I mean it's very clear scripture is very very clear we're not going to be robots built the same way fashioned and crafted the exact same way there there are many different things and we have to not only not compare ourselves but we also have to respect the other people right. who are not like us and be thankful for that. Right. I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, for those people that know me, this is going to be a shock. But I'm a pretty scattered person. I like to, I like shotgun approach it. And so, I, you know, that that idea of I'm going to do this, 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 and I'm going to do them all at the same time. <laughs> so, with that being the case, I, I'm, you know, I'm always busy. So, it, uh, it is people who are like one tracked mind. They're very frustrating for me, but they can re- be a huge help at times. And Amen. Well, I just put down each function is needed and honorable and God-given. You know, you made the statement, sometimes people are given things for certain. And, you know, the reality is, is that every one of us is given a certain gift for a particular thing. Absolutely. And as we buy into that, and, you know, so in 1 Corinthians, they were having the issue and problem of those that, that ballyhooed their particular gift. Right, exactly. Or was jealous of not having "quote unquote" the best gift. Yeah, if you're if you're looking at somebody else worrying about you not having that gift, you're not developing the one that God's given you. Exactly. <clears throat> There's a birthright, I guess that maybe we should. But it would be a good lesson sometime. When you're born again, you're given certain things. You're given right. a new name. You're given a new nature. You're given a, a gift to work in God's kingdom. There's a a little uh, starter kit that you get. Um, spiritually speaking, when you become a new Christian, and one of those is a spiritual gift that God has given you as a natural characteristic of your the new spiritual person that you are. Just like we all have, each of us have different personality traits that because we're born with them in some respects or how we were raised, we have the same thing happen spiritually when we're born again. God gives us that gift to work in his service, and it's not going to be the same thing as the guy next to you. So if you're envying somebody in their gift and the success of that gift, you've probably neglected to see how that gift was honed in their life earlier. So yeah. you need to be working on your well, own we've gift. said it before. If you're, if you're somebody that doesn't do well with working with children, you probably should yeah. not be a counselor at camp. It's just not the <laughs> gift that God has equipped you for for that long yeah. week of camp. And so, you know, that, that's an, a, a practical example that I, I've heard people say before that, you know, some people are just gifted for that. I enjoy it. I, I literally, some it's the most miserable thing for certain individuals to be at camp. I, I love it. It's one of the, it's one of the, God bless neat, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. May your tribe <laughs> increase. Now there are other things, trust me, there are other yeah. things that are just, you know, wow. Stab your yeah, eye. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was kind of looking at it and maybe this is the nurse approach in me, but when it compares the human body and it's saying in, a, in essence, the human body has many members, so does the body of Christ. And the human body is 
so perfectly put together. The systems all work together so, so perfectly. And if one system isn't working correctly, the rest of it doesn't work correctly. And I guess that's the way I kind of kept looking at it throughout the week. And the best analogy I could think of is also to embarrass Todd, but remember when he broke his hand on that little bunny slope on vacation <laughs> with his family? You were talking about And sometimes you don't but realize... But he's not getting old, Tara. No. He, he's no, not no, getting old. No. But you don't realize how important <laughs> live with that. a member of the body is until it's not working. Right. And so then you don't realize how important that is until you don't have use of it. So right. I imagine, because I've never had anything that embarrassing happen to me, that when you can't use your arm and wrist for that long you don't realize how important that right. member of the body is until you don't use I was it so parasailing for some reason when she said that i, I was going to say all is fair in radio shows that are fair i mean he looks so nice yeah yeah innocent <laughs> but the analogy is good though when something's not working so i don't know because you know there's often i think oh what am i contributing what do i you know bringing to this church to to the body of Christ, and many people might think that I maybe am not alone there, but whatever your function is, A, learn the function if you're not right. sure what it is. B, um, your function is important, whatever that may be. Amen. Right. And I, can I read that? That can't be over, overstated either. Well, I was just going to say that going along with that, the verse in, in 1 Corinthians really um, exposes that theme in that it says, now the body is made up of uh, one part but of many, not that is made up of one part but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for the reason, cease to be part of the body. If an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And then it goes on to say down, down in verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So it just, I mean, it just further brings out the idea that we need everything. And I think that on that note, um, it's neat to see how that even in the human body, if, if you do have one part that's kind of hemmed up, you, the other parts kind of kind of rally around it, and I can all of a sudden, now I'm doing things with my left hand because my right hand's all bummed up that I normally wouldn't do. And I learned that some parts of the body are a lot stronger than I give them credit for. And so when you translate that back to the church family and, and the body and how certain parts will do things, and I, I mean, I'll just tell you, I've been shocked by different aspects of the church body and uh, Sunday, the Sunday school ministry is one of them. I've seen small groups in Sunday school, in the Sunday school ministry, bless people. And I'm like, wow, that, that, I would have never thought that. But they, they rallied around either a single individual or as a group, several classes coming together to bless somebody in a time of need. And it's, it's really neat how you can see this lived out in, in practical life. So. For instance, um, the uh, college age group is going to rake leaves for the elderly of our church. Shameless plug. <laughs> it it is. It. But yeah, they need to do that. Yeah, we we need That's someone need. to do yeah, that. Right. Yeah. And and they're doing it. And they're doing it unsolicited. The pastor didn't come. You know, they 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 thought of it. Uh, that in my humble opinion that's that's a god thing. Um, not that it would have been wrong for me to come as much as God Gre just did that. Greg's thinking how old is it? How old is this? Exactly. It's 55. There is, a, there is an age limit on it. I saw, I saw that in the bulletin. I'm with you, brother. I think about 82. But anyway, um, so, uh, all right, verse 5, how much time we got? We, no, we're, we're good. We're good. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So, so he, he, he introduces the idea of body function, and it's extremely important. We hit on this a couple years ago. 
But it's extremely important to not allow yourself to get away with thinking that a church is a benign institution. Because the word church is a translation of the word ecclesia. And the best translation for the word ecclesia is body. And so we are the body of Christ. You're also saying we are the church of Christ. Well, I'm afraid too many times for us as Americans, we don't make that translation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we don't say we. We say we go to church. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't say I'm going to go to body. You wouldn't say that. You would say I'm going to be the body. All right. And so it's just important for, for you to make that connection. And in, in, in verse 4, that's what he's trying to say. You are the body of Christ. And in verse 5, uh, so we being many are one body in Christ. That's where we find our significance. That's where we find our security. And individually, members of one another. So, Dr. Hooks, I felt like that that brought out your sugar stick very well. Again, you have God and others. And that is the focus. The connection so profound and layer after layer after layer in Scripture, you uncover this, this connection. Um, Jesus laid it out plainly when they asked him what the greatest commandment was. He gave them, the Lord thy, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second was like it, love thy neighbor as thyself. So it's like loving God to love your neighbor as yourself. And in, if you put that in a triangle, God, me, and others, that triangle is revealed all throughout Scripture. So whenever we behave badly towards another individual, turns out we're, being, we're behaving badly towards God. Um, Paul, when he was stopped on the road to Damascus, um, Jesus asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He had been persecuting Christians. Mm -hmm. Jesus right. took it as persecuting himself. So when we be behave badly towards others, we're behaving badly towards God. So this connection is reinforced by the fact that we, we are made in the image of God. So, so we, we look like God in, in certain aspects. We have a sense of the eternal, we have or, or a, an appreciation for eternal. We have a insatiable desire for the truth, um, regardless of uh, not, not including the truth about ourselves. Sometimes we avoid that, but the truth about the origin of, of life. Who am I? Where did I come from? What's it all about? Those of the type truth. Of, yeah. uh, the Hedron Collider is my example of that. We, we've built a 17-mile yeah. diameter um, laboratory in the bedrock of Switzerland and Italy to try to find out the beginning of or what if matter can break down smaller than atoms. What is it called? This Hadron Collider in Europe. That's the extent we go to to try to find out the truth. The origin the of truth. life. It's just trying to. They're looking yeah. for the God particle. The yeah. Exactly. So they're looking <laughs> for they what, what uh, is the very beginning of the universe. So where it came from, that's what the first. So, so we have a relentless pursuit of truth. I'm just um, so, so happy these, these that several. I know you, Mr. Gavin. I, I don't know. I don't know if my these redneck mind can wrap around some, yeah. some small like that. I'm, I'm glad I'm not one, but I do like to be around smart people. I mean, wow. Let's see if I can find one for you. I'm afraid I'd be more responsible I just, if I was that smart. I just read a lot. That's all there is to it. Amen. I hang out with people like Tara. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> wow. Z. All right. Uh, I can speaking of. So the, so the uh, <laughs> image that, that uh, I wasn't even insulted. In <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
So being made in the image of God, it, it right. helps reinforce that. So when you behave badly, I think, man, and you treat me really badly, and I think, you know, what I start to question whether there is a God, what kind of, what is his nature? Right. If I've been terribly treated by my parents uh, growing up, uh, I doubt the existence of God. So the way people behave around us, because they, they look like God in, in certain aspects, we can often transfer the guilt of the so, way someone else has treated us to God. So there's some. I think as Christian people, many times, and I'm sorry, Todd, just hold on to that thought. We assume that when someone has an atheistic opinion, that it is, that, that, they, that they have made a conscious choice to reject God. The reality is, is that they may have so much pain and negative experience, they, they just, be a God. yeah, they, 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 they cannot resolve that. Connect the dots. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so they, they, need, they need love, they need patience, they need... And until they see that, right. you, in the instance where you could have taken advantage of them doing the right thing instead, that's a supernatural act in you their bet. mind. That's not natural thing would be to go ahead and steal, right. lie. Right. Um, so a supernatural act to them is be doing the right thing, telling them the truth, giving back the money that you, you stole or you accidentally got from them, um, making the deal right if you've gotten done wrong deal. That's a supernatural act in their mind. I, I was going to say, I, that was the second time I heard the, uh, the idea that Paul was persecuting God. You know, when that, when that was happening, the, that idea, and then it was followed up with the fact that how we act towards one another inside of the body, when the body is um, also uses analogy as the bride of Christ. And so when you think about that and how we treat other mm -hmm. members of the body and think about how, as a man, how, how would I allow my wife to be treated with, you know, if, if you're standing there, Gavin and I are together and, and he just starts berating my wife, what's the line? And, right. and you know, there's, there's a, there's a, a certain spot. I'm attacking yeah, you. Exactly. And where all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I pick up that offense and I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm the defender. Right. And so Christ, when you see that role as almost as if you're, whatever it is that you're walking into, whether it be, you know, some strife or you're carrying around some baggage or something that happened a long time ago or, you know, somebody just, they sat in your seat, and, you know, in, in, the, in the service or whatever it was. It, that offense is, when you, when you wear that on your sleeve, it's, you're doing that against Christ. And mm -hmm. we're almost being, being Paul in that situation where, where, where we're doing some pretty bad stuff there. And, and I, I never looked at it like that. I thought, wow, I, I'm guilty of that. that. That's me. We all have. You know, and so yeah. Yeah. it was just good stuff. And when you yeah. said that, it reminded me of that. All right, so we'll take our first break. Um, this is like where most of you have been here, but we like to say our I'm just saying what has come across in the last week or so. Um, I'm just saying, and this almost ties in with I know I'm getting older, but we went from the heat was on, they had to turn the air conditioner on, then we had to turn the heat back on, and that's like typical Missouri. But I'm watching the electric bill like, <laughs> and, and that's also how I know I'm getting old because it's like, who cares? <laughs> I, I, and I was thinking, I want to be comfortable. AC. That's I want to be right. comfortable today. Heat. heat. Yeah. <laughs> AC. And we're going to go back to the yeah, heat. You saw a up I'm just saying. I'm going to do it. And secretly, I'm like waging my own thermostat war with myself. Like, how long can I wait in uncomfortableness until I mess with it? There was a picture on Facebook that was a thermostat and it had like a flow chart on it that said, are you wearing a sweatshirt? 
No, yeah. do not turn on the heat. <laughs> and so it was oh. like these questions oh, that's you had good. to ask before yeah, you got to good. turn the heat yeah. on. Yeah. So you may want to Are you that. physically sweating yeah. yet? No. No. no, don't, don't turn, turn on, on the, the air. air. Yeah. <laughs> That was me. I was that was a battle. I was fighting over the last week because it switched like six times. So I mean, if it doesn't, if you can't flow chart it, it's not worth doing. Yeah. <laughs> you might be thinking about it too much. <laughs> well, mine goes along with that. I'm just saying, thank the Lord, fall is here. I'm, I'm just, I honestly, I'm, I'm thrilled. I love to see leaves come off of trees. I do. I love a windy day because more leaves come off. Amen. Big hard rain, more leaves come off. Oh it my just goodness. How I roll. <laughs> that makes uh, me sad. I will say this too that um, I'm getting more excited as the Cubs lose each game. I'm just I'm getting more Ooh. excited. You're gonna hear a, a rebel fans. yell when when the Cubs. I, I'm okay. I'm okay if they it's go so to the World hard, Series. So hard though. I'm so torn. I'm so torn. Because the dot. I don't. I don't want to see either one of them. Can we just? Can we just get a pass and pick somebody else? Everybody it's wins. It's like the presidential candidate. Can we just get somebody yeah. else to play the World Series? No. I'm ecstatic that the that's exactly yeah. how yeah. I feel That's about so the presidential awesome. race. Yeah, the Indians are in. Else. But anyway, here we go. You have, I'm just saying. Yeah. You guys see that sign on the road on 44? It's the one that has the changing message on it. And the one this week was pay attention to the road or don't or focus on the road. Don't be a phone zombie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't, isn't the sign distracting? I mean, <laughs> aren't you a sign zombie if you're reading mm. the sign? You look yeah. up there every time for the... For what the message is? Is that a new phrase, phone so, zombie? I don't know. Yeah. I, I kept thinking zombie apocalypse. That's just right mm -hmm. where I went with that. So That's probably where they're, yeah. they're trying to mm -hmm. talk to that generation. Bodot, mm -hmm. like a bad Bodot's dad trying joke. to cause more accidents. Yeah. That was was, I thought of that, too. That's a dad isn't, joke. Isn't yeah. a sign the wrong place, a road sign the wrong place to tell you not to be distracted? <laughs> pay attention. They, they, pay attention. They, I drove to Springfield <laughs> last weekend, and all the way down there, I rode all uh, read every single one of those. And the, whoever's doing the marketing for Modot hey, is phenomenal. They're very clever. I, mean, clever. I like them. I they're read bad them. Bad dad jokes on a road sign. It's, I know. It's awesome. It's, you're I read a them text all. message on a sign on the side of the road, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Isn't that what they're telling you not to do? Yeah, I, I know. Just as long as you're looking I'm just saying, up. Missouri accidents up 7%. Oh, I can't stop. <laughs> you reckon the sign? reading the sign. Yeah. Mine is, mine, I'm, I'm just saying, I can't wait to see 2017. With what we've experienced with clowns <laughs> and the presidential election and everything that Almost has happened in thing. this weird it's year. Be awesome. I don't I mean Maybe how it. can I think I think <laughs> seventeen is, is like sixteen's little brother going, What do you got? It you is. got nothing on me. Yeah, that's right. Armageddon. <laughs> dun dun dun. All right. Um, so just a few quick announcements. I, I'm already in November with this. November sixth is daylight savings time. It ends. Woo. So we get to fall back. Boy, do I love that. I love it. Even though the kids still get up at 6, and now it's, you know. You can go so sign the petition to yeah. get rid of that daylight savings. Thank well, you. until then, Todd, November 6th is when we're Fantastic. getting another hour. Um, and then November 20th is our church's Thanksgiving celebration dinner at 6 p.m. Um, the meal is catered this year, so RSVP to Stacy. So that's a little different. Um, talk to Stacy about that. All right, so our next topic tonight um, we have hit on this before in the past, but it warranted bringing up again just to, um, I suppose, discuss it in more depth. Um, but it is on spiritual warfare, and first just defining what is spiritual warfare. All right, so spiritual warfare, let me get to my notes here. Uh, turn, go ahead, if you've got Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. 
meaning if you have them with you, Ephesians chapter 6. And, and this is essentially uh, where this concept, I think, I can't really say introduced, but, but it's dealt with head on. Okay, uh, Verse 5, bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Now, I want you to think about that. He's telling servants to be obedient to their masters. Not because he's saying that uh, servanthood is okay, and if you listen to the naysayers and the haters towards Christianity, they will tell you that the Bible is for slavery, and they will use this as a proof text got nothing that they completely have missed as usual the context of this Paul is trying to help them how to handle it you know and so if you're a slave as a Christian you are to do your best to please that master because you're pleasing Christ okay doing the will of God I from inject there's a triangle there right that's right. How Gavin's you're favorite your shape. Is how yeah. you're treating God. God. It is Man, honestly. He draws. He draws triangles in his that's sleep. A, there's a direct. He does. Uh, he sees triangles. He does. Yeah. Everywhere. Your master. How you treat it's your masters? How you see triangles? With God, with goodwill, doing services to the Lord, and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening. In other words, masters, treat your servants as if they are your brother and sister in Christ, because they are, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. That's the context. And, and I can't speak for you, but I believe that if I were a master, I would struggle daily with treating my servants with kindness and love and respect. And if I were a servant, I would struggle daily with obeying. Triangle there again. Uh, there's a triangle there. Yeah, treat your slaves just like you would treat Christ. Amen. Finally, my brethren, I thought we had made that point. Finally, my <laughs> brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So simply put, spiritual warfare is fighting the devil. Simply put, spiritual warfare is fighting the devil. Now, please don't misunderstand me. You can't fight the devil. But what you can do is you can, if you will, you can fight the effects. God's going to fight the devil, but he's going to do it through you, okay? And so uh, I, I, I made me, because I'm a preacher, so I've got several points here. Um, step one, recognition. Never forget we have an enemy. So, and this is something God has lovingly drilled through my head, and I, I preach it pretty often. Don't forget you have an enemy. When you're having a bad day, you could just simply be under attack. attack. Never forget you have an enemy. Step two, decide to fight. Lift up your shield type thing. Step three, uh, suit up. Suit up. Get, get ready. So put on the armor. And that's what, uh, you know, I that's won't read it here, but that's what all is in Ephesians 6 and, and anybody. And that that's for next be. week, actually. There you we'll go. dive right. into that much more thoroughly next week. Step four, become a student of spiritual warfare. The wiles of the devil. That is the schemes of the devil. Now, a little caution. I'm not encouraging anyone to become a student of demonology. I believe that's a dead end. Okay? You don't need to study the devil. 
you need to study his attack plan. You need to study through the word. And you, it's pretty easy, really. You, you look at what your enemy does. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, kill and, and to destroy. destroy. Okay? So on and so forth. Um, so that, that's my contribution to Just, this. Uh, telescope right out of that that foundation you gave us. So if you have an enemy, so, so in any war you have two opposing forces. The, if you understand the, the objective of the two forces, it helps you understand where where to get in line, where, where to get into battle. And the, the other side, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the same verse, Jesus defined the line, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You can see there's your options. There's the definition. <laughs> right. Be stole from, <laughs> killed, destroyed, or abundant life. Seems easy to me. <laughs> yeah. I, Choose I you this day. <laughs> Amen. Blessing or cursing. And uh, There's a triangle there. <laughs> oh Somewhere. In John 8, 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So... Um, again, given a gift there that deception is the number one or a number one um, technique of the di devil, a, a while, if you will, of the de devil. When you're in warfare, if you can deceive your enemy into believing some intelligence and acting on it, you can control them. So a lot of, a lot of the World War II strategy was to fool the enemy into believing you were going to attack in one spot, so they would move all their forces over there and be ready for you, and then you would attack at another spot. Or you would fool them into believing that you had forces stationed somewhere else. In North Africa, they use these little blow-up tanks all over in areas of North, North Africa to make the enemy believe that they had forces in given areas, and then they would move in another area. So deception's a big part of warfare, especially the father of lies. He's been doing it for centuries, so um, that's a, if he can get you to believe a lie, and in particular, if he can get you to believe a lie about God, he's made great headway in diverting you from a victorious life. And a lie doesn't have to be a full lie. No. Yeah. It can well, have it a little partial truth. truth. And, and that's kind of what I was going to read. This is from, not to plug a book like Gavin, but this is a Beth Moore book, Praying God's Word. I know the women's class did a study on this a little while back, but... Um, if somebody's already said it really well, why try to, you know, yeah, reinvent right, the wheel? So I'm just going to read this brief um, part of her book. And she says, in speaking of what spiritual warfare is, it says, In any warfare waged by the enemy against the individual believer, the primary battlefield is the mind. The enemy's chief target is the mind because the most effective way to influence behavior is to influence thinking. Our minds are the control center of our entire beings. The enemy knows far better than we do that nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. Mm. That's why Satan plays make-believe. He can only pretend because he lost all rights to authority over the believer's life. Unfortunately, Satan is very good at his job because he has so much experience. He plays make-believe and does a remarkable job of trying to make us believe it. But nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Uh, so w what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, in the next week or so, we're going to dive into the armor and talk about it specifically. I would encourage you to just go ahead and get into a daily habit of praying on the armor. 
you can start with just reading the verse and ask God by faith, I accept this, I place this on today. Because when you put on the armor, you're putting on Christ. As you do that, sooner or later, it, it, it'll be with you. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, with all praying for all saints. The only reason I know that by memory is because 20, 30 years ago, I dedicated myself to putting on the armor daily. With that said, am I successful every day? No, because you can take it off too. <laughs> but I'm, I'm never successful if I don't put on the armor. And uh, the other part to this, what we wanted to discuss was recognizing an attack because right. I think, and I know often, Step one, I'm under attack and don't realize right. it until the battle's done over and I've lost. It's what it feels like. So Verse any 12. thoughts there? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Most folks at one point in time or another in this church believes that someone else in this church is the problem. Yeah. Because that's the devil's scheme. That's, that was part of one of the things I wanted to bring out. And if you go to John 10, 10, it says that we said that the thief comes, to, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that for all to have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, pay attention to that wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. So there's three characters here. There's the shepherd, who is the good shepherd. There's the hired hand. And then there's the wolf. And all of those three, th those three characters in the story are important. It, it identifies that there is somebody, a wolf, that's coming to attack. And it also defines what he's going to do. He scatters. Mm -hmm. He divides. He, he separates and so, again, I think that when we, when we look at that, especially, and, you know, we ha are prone to look at not necessarily a daily attack, but a church body attack, right. it's, we're going to blame, so I'm going to blame Gavin. He made me mad. He sat in my seat. And, and, and that is the division that happens Somebody and how. I'm Noah. What happened? Somebody must have sat in Todd's seat recently. Stay out of his chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a common one I think is dumb. <laughs> well, so let me give you a, an illustration that years and years ago, uh, a fellow pastor friend, um, they, they, this guy came in, he wanted to be the youth director. He wanted to teach the youth. He would just volunteer. That's all well and good. So they did. He started teaching Sunday school. So it uh, wasn't long before one of the kids told dad, said, hey, you know, Sunday school teacher brought up this, this idea, and they talked about it. Well, it was false doctrine. It, it was heresy. And so uh, they went to the pastor and said, you need to check this out. Well, he did. He denied everything. Denied everything. Ooh. Yeah. That don't know why they where they got that. Don't do that. Well, so as weeks went along, more students. He he is you know. So they, the teenagers all agreed. You know, um, and, and so uh, finally one Sunday, as the, when the kid young man was coming to do his Sunday school lesson, the pastor met him at the stairs, and said, "Sir, you know I I can't get you to tell me what all these other kids are telling me. These kids were raised up under my ministry. I trust them." You're no longer welcome here. You know, he, he protected his flock. And now, that was that kid's opportunity, young man's opportunity to say, let's make this right. He didn't. He turned around and walked away. Mm. In my humble opinion, proving that he, he, he was trying to scatter. Lead away. Yeah, lead them away. Amen. All right. We good on that or we got more time? One more time? verse there. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this goes along with what Tara read, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted 
exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, the mind being the, the chief battleground there. Take the chain of your will, wrap it around the neck of that thought, bring it into the throne room, which is your heart, in my humble opinion, and you ask the Lord. Thumbs up or thumbs down, that's right. And if he says thumb down, you, with extreme prejudice, kick it out of your heart. Yeah. Or it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill you in some form or fashion. All right. All right. Um, so this is a new segment where we talk about how we're getting old and how we can tell we're getting old. And frankly, we just say, I, I know I'm getting old because. So um, <laughs> I know I'm getting old because, and this has happened like several more times than I'd like to admit, and I'll sit on the floor and play with Sadie. And then uh, when I stand up, it takes me like eight solid steps to get back into a complete upright <laughs> stance because my back hurts. I mean, it, I might make it down the hall before I get completely upright. And it's like, you know, you, you didn't play with Barbies, but I did. It was like, they, you'd, you'd have them like right. sat in their little Barbie car. Right. And then you'd go to stand them up and it was like, that's what I feel like. I can't, don't have the back strength anymore. So I know I'm getting old. Yep. You know. Well, reasons I know I'm getting older, I, I, we could do this segment for the next five years. I tell you, know? you what, it's the uh, Patience is a distant memory. <laughs> I, just, I have to remind myself I'm not yet old enough that I can use that as an excuse. Yeah. You know, I, I, you got to chill out. You get butt in line at McDonald's. Um, you know what? I'm getting more patient as I'm getting older. Believe it or not, I don't know if my husband would agree, but I feel like I'm getting more patient. And, and that's sorry. all that matters, right? I'm sorry, that's not happening John, to you. John will have to call in on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Te text you in can on that, text John. Me, you know John. What? Yeah, I was about to say, that text is not getting through, I assure you. <laughs> yeah, well, one, I can't remember the, the, this, the, this segment. Can't, can't, yeah, don't remember this segment. <laughs> and I've got a, a, a lame one. I, I, I find myself uh, singing the words to the music in the elevator. So I know the words to the oh. elevator music. The, the music? Yeah. My goodness. I know, I'm old. That, is, that is bad. I know the words. That's terrible. Yeah. I think I used mine already once before, but um, I forget. I, yeah. I walk all, I mean, it's not a, like a, a really far walk, but I walk from my house. We have an old outbuilding garage barn up kind of, I mean, it's a quarter mile away mm -hmm. or so. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a ways from the house. Got all the way there, walked in the door. What am I here for? <laughs> why, why did I come here? Welcome yeah. up I, I, I literally I had, I had a walk, I had walk back. I never did remember why I went up there. And this could just be some psychological thing to make people feel good about themselves. But there's something about walking into a new that, entryway that they, they say, say but, uh, it causes you uh, to lose your train of thought. Huh. Yeah. I've, I've walked. Or you could just I've be been getting in old. the garage and can't remember. Somebody just made that up so they would feel better <laughs> yeah. about right. themselves. Is yeah. what Between I think the, happened there. the bad memory and the bathroom trips, I'm going to be spelt. I'm just telling you, that's my <laughs> exercise. <program. laughs> Oh, twice, three let times. us know how that works out for yeah, you, Kevin. Right. All right, so um, oh, our final topic is the holidays. I could have oh, used yeah, my button the app there, Fantastic. but it just would have cussed us, us apparently. So thank you for that, Brad. Um, so, scene from What's the yeah. Vacation? Oh, Black. fudge. <laughs> but I didn't say fudge. The infamous <laughs> Christmas story yeah. line where the kid, yeah. Anyway, that, wow, have we, <laughs> digress. That, that one's my fault, completely. Um, so we are going to talk about uh, the holidays, because Ben, you say this a lot, and it is the truth, that school starts, and then it's like October, November, December, done. Boom, boom, and I mean, boom, it is so Speed true. life, 
boat of life. So we're kind of just um, in keeping with our our family, just a family theme in general, um, because we have so many families here for uh, Awana on Wednesday nights. Enjoying the holidays as a family, surviving the holidays, traditions, things like that. Just in general, a discussion of we've got Halloween pretty much next, like when a week and a half, we've got Thanksgiving, and then boom, it's Christmas. So, so, so let's take them one at a time. Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's talk, and I'm going to give some advice, as I'm prone to do. Um, enjoy your family. It takes a choice sometimes. I had some of the wisest advice. It was on a radio deal. The, the preacher said, Dad, when you, and, and this can go Mom too, when you get home from work, don't rush straight in. Stand on that porch until you get control, until you, you yield your rights to sitting in the recliner for three hours, vegging out. You yield your rights to whatever, and you're going to give the best of what you have left to your kids and wife until they are satisfied. Number one, that takes a, a humble approach to do that. Mm -hmm. Number two, could possibly save your family because, man, they need you. They need you. They've been fasting from you for all these hours of that day, and, and they want the best of you. And every one of us knows the depths of challenge that that is. But enjoy your family. Make them the priority of this season. Uh, so before I go deeper, let, let's talk about, you know, Halloween is a subject that, very honestly, you know, we, we could go deep into whether we should even be talking about it or not, so on and so forth. And, you know, I'm just going to share with you my approach. I do not believe it is a sin to, quote, unquote, participate. I, I won't use the word celebrate. Um, but I, I, I obviously do draw the line with the uh, satanic and occultish things and such of that nature. Uh, we, we never did, as a whole, embrace the dress-up stuff and, and all that. I don't think it's wrong. As much as, again, do not be conformed to the world. I wouldn't let my kid dress up as a witch, dress up as a uh, what you know, fill-in-the-blank vampire and, and evil person or whatever. Um, with all that said... Every Halloween, my kids got a boatload of candy because Amen. all the rest of their kids got candy. And I, I didn't want them, quote, unquote, doing without just because we didn't celebrate Halloween. So I'd go to Walmart and I'd buy 10 to $15 worth of candy, and those kids just went into a sugar coma, you know. And, but but that, that was so that there would not be an issue or problem. And so guess what? Every Halloween, they looked forward to it, even though they didn't ha get to put an axe in their head and such of that nature. You know, it, it wasn't a bummer to them. And I would sit down with them and explain to them why we did not do this, that, or the other. That's for me and my house. You have, and we talked about this. We talked last about it last year. You yeah. have to make your standards for your family, and I respect those. But... Don't don't get upset if someone else draws their line higher or lower type thing. Now, obviously, if they're doing something evil, you know, and if they're a church member, we we, we got to go there type thing. But that's my advice for Halloween. Enjoy the time. We we get pumpkins and we decorate them on occasion, uh, so on and so forth. But that's us. 
And start having fun. Yeah. If you haven't, if you're, yeah. if you're guilty of that, and I, I, it was a phase of my life that I was guilty of that. I'd come home, and my family would know by the way I walked in <laughs> whether they should go hide or let's go watch TV. Right. Uh, I, I, on one of my professional websites, the, one of the mottos of one of the, the uh, referral veteran, veterinarians is be the person your dog thinks you are. So <laughs> just, when you get home... <laughs> Strive to be wow. the person your dog thinks you are when you get home. Your dog says, "Oh, you're so yeah. awesome! You're so awesome!" Try to be that person to your kids. Amen. Huh. It's actually pretty good. It, it is good. Because when I walked in this today from work, and the dog met me at the door and was so excited, and I was like, "Oh, I guess Titus is the only one that's happy that I'm <laughs> home today." And gave him some attention. I will spare you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say in respect to the holidays, um, and this is maybe this is a wife mom advice, if you will, very practical. But I put so much pressure on myself for it all to be perfect. Uh, the food has to be perfect. I have to buy the perfect gifts for people. Everything. The house has to look perfect. When guests come over, it's got to, everything's got to be perfect. I got to remember to take the pictures, and I've got to do things with the pictures that prove that we had this awesome holiday moment. And man, it's a lot of stress. I know. Like smile in this picture. Darn it. Act like you like this gift. It's a bike. You know. Like. I'll push the. The app button again if you don't. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and you go to all that trouble, and then the neighbor across the way sends you their card, and it's so much better than oh, yours. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you did know, I think of you that? Just, you, you, can't, you can't win. If you're playing the perfect keeping up with the Joneses or even just keeping up with what you've seen on television mm -hmm. or what Facebook or Pinterest or whatever thing that women look at that you are comparing yourselves to, I guess my advice, and this is like I am talking to myself here, is just to let go of the perfect and just enjoy the time. Because let it be. Oh what my it goodness! Is. And you know, I I got some fantastic advice from a woman that goes to this church, and she had said, you know, Tara, a few years from now, all these things that you think are so important aren't going to be important. The pictures that she goes, I did, just killed myself to get all the perfect things to do and did all the stuff in school and all the you know and I just thought it was so important she goes it just none of it mattered if you can just let that go and just enjoy the moment with your kids yeah. she goes that that is what you're going to appreciate she goes it goes by too fast to worry about the rest of yeah. it and I was like oh my gosh it is so have true fun. they'll talk about the Work funny stuff fun. that happens yes yeah. the stuff oh, that, yeah. that the accidents like I I enjoy like we always after a family outing or vacation or whatever it is I have a habit of asking the kids what was your favorite part and it's never what you think, right. ever, never, ever, yeah. ever. I, I'm never what right. You, it's I'm never what you spent the most money nope, on either. No, nope, it's never. It isn't, and I'm never right. I'll always be like, I've got these. These are the top three. It's some out of left field that when we when we found the pet rock in the parking lot. What? We are you kidding me? We like drove three thousand miles, and your favorite part was finding the rock in the parking lot? No, no, that is not acceptable. Yeah. And we got a lot of rocks in the driveway. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know, I'm, a river. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sure we will revisit vacation before. You oh, know, yeah. The, but my sister, just bless her, they went to Florida and the, the big Disney, they went to all the theme parks and they spent like a small fortune on this vacation to Florida last year. And when they were driving home, they asked the kids like, well, you know, what did you like best or what in the what they did? So, I mean, just so much that you can imagine. And their son said, I wish we would have just played miniature golf <laughs> like that. You know, you can do that in Fenton. Yeah. And, and, and that's all Swing he wanted to do was yeah. play miniature golf. So yeah. wow. uh, there you go. Well, so one little tag here. 
celebrate tradition. I'm good with tradition, but don't pressurize it. You know, it has to be perfect. Don't right. pressurize it. Uh, a, a phrase that I'm, me and Dawn try to come to quite often, deflate the balloon. Hmm. Take the because you know what happens when you got a full balloon. Oh yeah. Somebody gonna pop it, and well, that is a traumatic experience. Play, and play just a joke on somebody. Yeah. Just, oh my like, goodness! Talk about tradition. Somebody. I look for a way to play a joke on a family member at Christmas. We draw names. Yeah. And uh, this is just funny. I just have to tell you, we were playing a game where um, it's called a catchphrase, where you have to pass around this thing and you you have to describe the word without saying the word. And so my brother-in-law is trying to say the word. He's like, oh, man, I don't know. It's like some kind of a taekwondo, like a sound you make when you karate chop. And we're all like, what? And then the timer goes off, and we look at the word, and it's ache, A-C-H-E. And he thought it was a chi. A chi. <laughs> because he was under pressure. A so you better believe I had his name for Christmas, and I printed out a picture of Bruce Lee and put it in a big, yeah. you know, and he's like jumping through the air, karate chopping, and yes. I wrote a chi across the top. So every, every year since then, I, one person gets some kind That's of a, awesome. like, um, you know, yeah. gag gift. Love that. On a carnal level, On a <laughs> Bruce Lee, favorite guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anything Bruce Lee for Christmas? Yeah, there period. you go. If you had any gift ideas. Period. Yep. Chuck Norris. Breaking all those boards. Mm. Remember That's what he said? I, boards don't heat back. <laughs> I mean, drop the mic at that point. And you knew that Chuck Norris was going to die at that point. You knew it. Wow. Sorry. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I guess that's how we know he's getting old. That's that's right. Right. Oh, Lord, hell. Uh, speak expectations. We do that now on family. Johnny, vacation. I expect yeah. a 20-foot tree. Be speak four. expectations. He knows that. <laughs> I want at least 2,000 lights in, in, a, in and on the house. I there want some go. lights everywhere. Speak expectations. Um, try to influence people with the gospel. And obviously we've, we've you know, not that you can't use Halloween uh, with what you're not doing. But Thanksgiving and Christmas obviously lends this a little easier uh, to, we after we've lost so many people in our family uh, at Christmas time, we will memorialize them, you know, and we will concentrate to the kiddos on the fact that they are in heaven. We believe that, we know that, so on and so forth. Uh, we're trying to influence our kids with the gospel with that memorial time, and we don't, you know, we don't, we don't allow it to be just as, you know, I hate I came to Christmas this year. We don't allow that, but but we do concentrate on the fact that these people did impact us, mm -hmm. and we miss them, and it's at these times that we miss them the most. Well, even for Halloween, and this is something I've been tossing around, but we live in a subdivision that it is a hot spot. There are people, you can't drive your car. You might as well plan on either you leave and you're not even there, or because you, you're not driving in and out. There's just kids everywhere. And I actually kind of love it, candy and little kids dressed up like, oh, right. I just, oh, I yeah. do. I think it is so darn adorable, I can't stand it. Um, I've already got like eight or nine pounds of candy stashed in the house. And uh, what would be so bad about when you hand out the candy, giving them an Awana? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like this is, we have an Awana program. Why not just hand it to the kids in their little bag and parents this, find it later? Amen. Th this might be a little heavy, but Brad actually got some shipments in today. It's called the Life Book. You can go online and find it, and they're free. They'll send them to you free. And, and they're, they're, they're a track, but it's pretty heavy. I mean, 
It's an adult read. Mm -hmm. But you might could put it and say, this is for your parents, yeah. you know, and then give them some candy. Um, I, I love it. I, and, and there's all sorts of opportunities like that. All sorts Another of one is, is if you do participate, your kids can hand back. Yeah. Like, so if they get some candy, just hand whoever they're getting the candy yeah. from, you know, either a card or mm -hmm. a piece of paper or something. Um, yeah, trick or treat. Yeah. You can either trick or treat. You yeah. can give them, the give them the card. Yeah. Um, somebody texted in, and this is a good idea, just speaking of, you know, holiday topics in general, um, that they did this last year with gifts, four gifts, a, a gift that's a want, a gift that's a need, something to wear, something to read. I love it. That's a pretty good idea. I love it. And, and one thing uh, I thought of, too, um, is that especially – uh, kids that you're wanting to impact for the gospel, give them what it is they're they're wanting, but then but then give them something you want them to have, you know whether it be a book about the Lord or now I'm, and sorry for my political influence here, uh, Rush Limbaugh's books on uh, Paul Revere, but it's not mm -hmm. called that. Yeah, the um, what's the it's a series. Of yeah, books, it's a series. Three of books. Children's reads mm -hmm. book, adventure books. Right. Um, and, and the, the horse. Rush Revere series. Rush yeah. Revere series, that's it. The horse, Rush, talks and, and tells you the story of Paul Revere. Uh, good stuff. All right. All right. Any more texts? That's all we've got, folks. So um, next week, we're going to continue in Romans chapter 6, and then we'll also be discussing. Romans 12. I'm sorry. You're good. 12. I meant you were halfway six. there. Verse 6. <laughs> 12. Or, I've just been 12, and the rest of it you. is. Um, and then also combating spiritual warfare. Very good. And something fun for the family. So thanks for coming. Have a Text thanks in everybody. your ideas. Thanks, guys. God bless you.